We're back with Why Is This Good, a podcast by the Naples Writers Workshop. And my name is Christine, and I'm here with John. Hello. And Rob. Hey. Okay, the story that we're reading today is one that I picked. Um, It's called Now I Make My Own Bread by Ellie Wignall. And I picked it because she's my friend, um, but also because this is an essay that she shared with me years ago, and we always thought that it was one that she could definitely get published, and she managed to have it published. And I was telling Rob before you got here, John, that um, I'm pretty sure this publication like uh, mainly focuses on like food and that kind of writing. It's called The Hunger um, Report. Oh, uh, okay. I'll have I was to reading the about page on them, and I couldn't quite figure out what they were. Um, it was something about um, pain. I don't know. <laughs> oh, pain. Okay, maybe I have it totally wrong. I'll have to look at it. But she ended up finally finding a home for this essay, and I always loved it of hers. I've shared it with like friends of mine, and I just think it's so well done. So I'm going to read um, from page... Page four to the end, which doesn't, it's not as long as it sounds. When she left us, I was 17, I think. It had to do with alcohol and Vicodin and a more promising relationship with a man who wasn't my daddy. I feared it had to do with me. She exchanged college parties and blind dates for bottles of milk in the microwave and a husband who would love me more than anything. She wasn't there, so I couldn't tell her how my boyfriend chose my best friend instead. I couldn't tell her how he'd called me big-boned. I couldn't tell her that I didn't feel beautiful anymore, or that I spent feverish hours flipping through fashion magazines, comparing calves, 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 then shoulders, 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 then distance between eyes, eyes, eyes. Where was the formula for something beautiful? Why did you burden me, Mama? We, Dad, and the girls and I moved into a tiny duplex that I found. I had to learn how to make egg sandwiches for the nights when Dad couldn't, or the nights when I found myself alone in this place too small for our furniture. I I toasted Wonder Bread and pushed two eggs around a pan. I cooked without clothes on when I was alone. I pinched the skin above my hips. I ate my sandwich, then some ice cream, then some Oreos, then one forgotten beer at the back of the fridge. I couldn't see this getting better. Now I make my own bread. I knead and knead until the dough pushes back at me, until it makes a whisper of a popping sound. Then I knead another minute longer. I remember once Mama coming home from work in her lion mane coat. I remember her bending down to scoop me into a hug. I remember burrowing my face into the fur, the sweet smell of vanilla. Now that's a essay. It's not a short story, or it's like kind of both. Yeah, maybe it defies. Yeah, it's good classification, but yeah, it, it definitely reads like an essay, which I think is fair game for this because I think essays are underrated somehow. I think there's a, a slippery distinction between those. This one felt slippery. Yeah, I was like, I, I think it's an essay. I think it's a story. It's definitely one of those stories that like it has scenes and that kind of narrative tone, but they're picked and you move between them so quickly that you can tell that they're like more points. They're they're more like chosen to to back up a point that she's trying to make, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like used as proof somehow. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's obvious, but I just love this for the kind of um, conclusion that she's drawing, right? She's saying that because my mom called me this name and had these expectations for me and gave me this like horrible relationship with food, I've had to redefine it somehow. And it's been hard, you can tell, for the narrator to um, reconcile the two, right? To like to feel beautiful, but to enjoy food and, and to love her mother, even though her mother's not, you know, being the best mother. And I don't know, I just felt like there was so much to explore here, but it was done in a way that wasn't, um, you don't necessarily feel bad for the narrator. You can tell that she, like she's gotten it together and it's being written from like hindsight. And then like that last paragraph is just like, um, it just kind of jumps ahead to the present state of mind, which is that I've got it under control now. But when I think of my mom, I still have this like weird sense about it. You know, like I've maybe like mastered the relationship with food, but even in the most tender moment with my mom, what I smell is not perfume, it's vanilla, which is, you know, like yeah. pastry. 
<laughs> yeah, the food parts were outstanding. There was nauseating in its detail, and it's funny, too. It was cool. It was almost surreal the way she was combining those different foods. Yeah, like the, the list of just, like, all the junk food. Mm-hmm. And how she prepares it. And that funny, kind of funny, ang- uh, angry tone really pushes the thing along, too. I thought that was really good. I like um, just the characterization of the mom, too, through, like, kind of a narrow lens of like her beauty regimen. Yeah, that's right. You don't see the mom doing anything else. Yeah, she kind of talks about how her mom goes off and does these things, but you don't see the mom doing those things when she does them. Like, she's just saying, like, this is how she kind of, like, forced her into this beautiful mold, you know? It sounded like a painful process. Yeah, if if this is an essay, it, it what it's doing is fictional. It's doing a, a fictive thing because it's creating characters through concrete details, which is what we always talk about. And um, they're very... Ev- like well evoked, I guess is a way to say that because the the concrete details are evocative of these characters. So I definitely read it as a, as a as fiction, not as a, an essay. Right. Right. But um, because exactly what you guys are talking about with uh, all those great significant moments that kind of define character brought to life. Right. Yeah, I think it's only knowing where this was published and like the type of publication that we're, well, right now we're trying to assume what it is. It's only seeing it in a certain context that you decide kind of sometimes what genre it is or like what format it is. Yeah, that's true. I feel that way a lot about like The New Yorker, which has, you know, a fiction section, but I know so often they have what are essentially essays or like, um, what do you call them? Like commentaries. So that sometimes when I read like a David Sedaris piece in the fiction section, I'm like, well... I think this is like something else, you know, but wherever you want to put it, as long as you're enjoying it. This is so strange that the food thing would pick this up because this is like food as not something to be like grossed out by. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know anything about the website. But it's really a cool choice yeah. for them to do that. Because, uh, yeah, if you think of, um, like, I don't know, magazines or certain blogs and everything, like, food is always either, like, something that you have to have, or it's usually on those websites, like, an indulgence. It's like, how do you make this awesome casserole or, like, this delicious dessert, like, to impress your guests? It's, like, almost never, like, that you find a food blog that is just, like, this meal will do. It will, <laughs> you know, like it will feed you like you need food. There, it, there's always like some subtext of how you're going to feel eating it. And that, yeah, so it's interesting to like read something where she's like, uh, it ruined my life. Yeah, it ruined my life. And it, it had implications beyond like whether or not I was full. But I think that's like, I don't know. So yeah, if you look at it that way, if they're always publishing essays where people write about how food like moved around in their life, then we're learning so much about the fact that they buy cheap snacks, you know? And they always have them. Or there's that lone beer in the back of the fridge and like she at like an age where she's like a high schooler grabs it. Like you're learning so much about their situation. When I come across an eating scene and anything I'm reading, it's usually kind of interesting. It's not yeah. just like, oh, wow, that's the character. It's more just like it's just for some reason we're into it. Well, we eat all day every day. Yeah, that's what we think about. So when a character's actually eating, it feels so much more real than like most stories, which are just like characters doing things, doing things, doing things that are important. And like, so John's writing his novel where like his character is like on a quest basically and there's lots of battle scenes but every time that the characters like sit down and like eat I'm always like oh like they just caught that rabbit and and put it over the fire and now they're eating it like somehow it like fills in all these details like it, it tells you what their life is like because if I tell you that I had McDonald's for lunch at work like you you find out so much about me right oh that sucks yeah. Oh, oh, I don't. I don't. For the record, I don't. I pack. I eat a sad packed lunch. But like, 
But food is is such a intrinsic part of culture, mm-hmm. right? So when we talk about food, we're talking about how we fit into a, a culture, whether it's um you know American consumerist culture or like a, people who cook at home, cook specific dishes that maybe they grew up with or yeah. are interested in. It's very um there's a, there's quite a bit of how you look at yourself and what you eat, how you think about you know, like your place in the world by what you eat. All that kind of stuff goes goes into our food selection. So it's a great point. Yeah. yeah, like I don't want to jump ahead to the end here, but like that's what I plan on stealing from this is like, oh yeah, make your characters eat. It it like it really tells it's you true. so much. I'm thinking about like um when my mom comes to visit and how appalled she is that I don't have like a freezer stocked with you know pot roast for the next six months, and it's like. It tells you so much the difference between like her generation and mine, which is like, I don't have kids yet. So why do I need quick ready meals? <laughs> oh, that's true. You that's know? an interesting point. Or just like the frugalness of, um, you know, making your own soup broth. I'm like, well, you know, they have like boxes of that. There's a, um, a YouTube video of, uh, David Lynch, the director, making quinoa in his kitchen. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Because he's weird, anything he describes is inherently funny and strange. But he's talking about how he cooks it. He's like, I put this in. It's it kind of speaks to what we're talking about. You guys should check it out. Um, so Ellie, like I said, is my friend, and she's talking about how she wants to go back to school. And um, I think the major is called gastronomy. Oh, and it is the study of culture and food. So sounds fun. Yeah, and I don't know if she'd be necessarily writing this kind of stuff, but. I guess the idea is that you come away from it, you know, writing about how food impacts you or writing it from that from that perspective versus like I said, every time I read a blog or a magazine, it's like how to go above and beyond for dinner tonight. That's You know, I yeah. just want something like that's going to feed me and that I don't have to feel like guilty about or that's like, you know, not expensive. I mean, this is what Instagram was all about at first. It was <laughs> all about what you're eating. It still is in some ways. Pinterest. Yeah. You know, all these things. It's... So centered around uh, our food. And like, a, it's a status though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nobody posts their ramen and it's like, <laughs> look, I'm look poor. at me. I'm yeah. So <laughs> look, I'm poor. <laughs> I was cooking brats in a pan yeah. when I first signed up for Instagram and I put it on there saying like, I guess this is what we do. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it is, um, there's, a, there's a lot of like um, comedy Instagrams too where people yeah. take photos of like just the disgusting meals that they're eating. <laughs> And I don't know, there's something so, so true. Like sometimes you just put something together and I don't know, I I felt like I learned so much about these characters. Even when she said like, I push eggs around a pan, I'm like, that's exactly how I do eggs because I try to do it over easy. And then it's ultimately scrambled every time. And I don't know, there's just some truth to those, like those mundane details because we can all relate to them somehow. And I feel like sometimes we, we get caught up in like making our characters do like exciting things. Yeah. It's good deadpan humor too. when it's like the guy ate a sandwich or something. You can say yeah. it in a funny way. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I know what that looks like. And then he ate. <laughs> well, what else um, do you think we could steal from this? There are some of her sentences are really um, arranged kind of differently that I really like. So I can't find one. Or I don't know if like the subject comes late or something, or something like that. And it just sounds cool. I like when writers do that. They kind of just break up the normal rhythm that you use. She does a good job of it in a few places. 
I feel like for how long it is, and I didn't realize how short it was until I printed it. I feel like every time I've read it, it's, oh no, John's going to sneeze. He's trying not to. Um, I feel like every time I've read it, I've like pictured it as something like longer or more, but maybe it's just how much is packed in here. Like she just kind of mentions that she was in dance recitals and she just kind of mentions that um, at one point this this boy thought her mom was hot. I don't know. It's, there's so much crammed in. And I think that's why I would argue that it's an essay because it's almost like she wanted to make a point. So she grabbed all of the things that have happened or that she could think of and use those quickly and move through them. And and it's the the style and the way that it's written feels narrative, right? It's mm-hmm. it's beautifully written. It's not like saying like, I feel this way about food because. Yeah. But we're moving through the points the way you would move through points in an essay or a commentary. Well, I think the structure of this is very similar to the structure of the end of um, the one, the piece we did a couple uh, episodes ago, Bullet in the Brain, where uh, um, it was, that one was about all the memories he didn't remember. Yeah. And while the narrator was outlining all those memories, he was outlining a um, kind of constructing a character as a, you know, within the cloud of those memories. And this is the same kind of thing. You use little vignettes that are all tied to a, a, a theme and that theme can shift back and forth a little bit as the as it progresses but um each of those vignettes kind of adds to our overall impression of a character so we can like uh wolf did that in bullet in the brain with the memory stuff we can steal that and use that as a uh, like a device or as a, a device you know a structure almost and i you know i don't have examples in front of me but just thinking about it that's the kind of thing that helps define characters in ge- in fiction in general so this is definitely something that we can use to help define our characters and when the yeah. stuff we write well i think i think it was interesting that you called it a theme because i kept saying like uh, classifying it as like a point that she's trying to make or like an argument, which oh, yes. would tell you that it's an essay or in commentary. But if you think about it in terms of theme, I think it's so much easier to think about it in terms of a story, like a narrative story. To think like, you know, what would the critics say about this piece? They would say that there are themes of food and love and mothership and all, I don't know. Mothership? <laughs> Parenting? Mothering? Motherhood? Know. Motherhood? Mothering? <laughs> But that yeah. is also lends to what we talked about last time about Telltale Heart. Just what is significant to the moment? Right. Like if we're trying to uh, evoke a character around a theme or um, or whatever, the um, the vignettes or the details that we're going to describe <clears throat> have to be significant to that theme, right? right? Or should be, you know, to help just strengthen it. Yeah, help strengthen the theme. Helps help us realize the character in in the terms we're trying to uh, convey. Right. So there's a lot you know, like for that kind of stuff how to how to build a character um you know we can pull a lot out of this piece okay so what would you guys steal from this or the thing i just said the th- oh, great <laughs> john's ready to go i guess yeah i feel like for a long time i wrote first person and then i had to really like break this habit in college of only wanting to write about myself or only being able to and then for a long time i wrote made up stuff. And now lately I feel like I'm writing first person again. And I feel like the reason it's working is because, and I think it is working if I do say so myself, Mm -hmm. like is that some of the stuff is like told in the right, um, with the right amount of hindsight, you know, like this is a story that if it's to be true, which I'm pretty sure this is published as, you know, first person real story, um, that like she's taking a sweeping look at her upbringing and she's able then to boil it down to, what was important. And I don't know, I really enjoy pieces like that where a narrator can take a step back and say like this, this, and this led to this. So rather than bore you, I'm just going to tell you what happened and, and why I feel this way at the end. I like essays like that. What about you guys? What would you steal? 
Oh, and we're going to make our characters eat, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah. can eat. I, they yeah. That, I don't know. That's a great point. I'm going to bring that up during our workshop. When was the last time we saw it? Like, I mean, Kristen's story, someone had a barbecue, but they didn't yeah. put the food in their mouth. I want to see them put the, like, you know what I mean? Watch them eat. Well, yeah. that was one of our suggestions for that story was show show us how she felt based on how she interacts with the food. Like, um, that was my oh, suggestion. Yeah. is like the way she's grilling, if she's flipping uh, it angrily. Flipping it oh, yeah, angrily. Flipping it. Good note. Yeah, I'm going to make my characters eat. Maintaining uh, mood or um, kind of, again, committing to what the voice is that's going to be like, carry the story generally. And she does a great job of it. She sounds pretty resentful pretty quickly. So if you can just stay in character, kind of like what Christine was saying, how sometimes it's hard to do that. If you can pull that off line to line, you're going to be set if you have something interesting that interests you. (laughs) Anything else to add, John? Are you just going to steal that last part we talked about? Yeah, I mean, obviously, fiction always comes down to the concrete details. Right. um, And deciding which ones are the most significant to be the most evocative for what you're trying to accomplish. I think, um, you know, the way way she's building up this character by, by through memory, that are all associated with food that's uh, right. um i don't know it works i think that's the kind of thing you can because you can you know if you think about theme as you're writing sometimes it turns out terribly but maybe in revision or maybe in uh, just as a way to um, analyze or think about what you've done might be a good way to think about it i don't know there's kind of an echo effect to your writing when you start writing with theme you're like you're talking to yourself and it's super boring to read yeah yeah i i feel like if i've ever achieved a theme it's because i've written something and like through the process of getting it down on paper like i've had some kind of like therapy for myself and then i go back and then i turn on the writer switch and then i'm like okay well i'm gonna emphasize this theme and pretend that i was going for it the whole time but it almost never works when i like say this is what i want people to feel at the end Oh yeah, I think theme is something you discover. Yeah, through because the only way to to read a piece and find theme in is in it is to discover it as you're reading. Um, and as a writer, you're just trying to get the scene down and try to make characters that are realistic or feel like people. And so you're not thinking necessarily about those things. So later on, you might say, "Oh look, I kept describing this person as whatever, and that's suggestive of a theme." So I'm gonna try to run with it. Run with that. That is part of the fun of writing. It's like, oh, this is what the story. This is yeah. Pretty, yeah, that's when I feel like I enjoy writing. Yeah, absolutely. When I'm when I'm actually discovering something versus like yeah. I have it completely in my head and now I got to get it on paper. Yeah, I know it's boring. Yeah, it's not fun. But but it's not the same. I don't think as when people say like, oh, I'm gonna let the character do what they want to do. Like that has never worked for me. So it's more like when I'm writing about myself, my favorite topic, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I see this connection. So we're bringing up the thing about writing about your how you're writing about yourself and how you have a thing with that. <laughs> it more, no, it makes you wonder, like, I, I related to, um, am I writing about the right thing? Is this the right, is this, do I, do I, whatever I do well, do, is this the good place to do it? And, you know, this, this story obviously really pulled it off. Very obvious. She belongs, what she's talking about. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, sure. it is hard, though, to be like, uh, because when you start thinking, like, I don't, I'm not the guy to write this. It's like, you're, yeah. Oh, so yeah, when you're coming up with a concept and you're like, am I the expert, am I an authority on this? Or, yeah, I, I think it's, yeah. Is it my story to tell? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's or no. It's just a bad idea. Well, <laughs> no, there's a, there's really a great point to be made there. Like, I, I do not hesitate and I can write almost something in, in its entirety when it's about me. I'm like, I know all the answers. That's right. Yeah. I'm an expert. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like when I write a journalism piece without my notes and it, and it flies off. Like it, it just goes because like you've, you've figured it out. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Versus like when any t- I've never tried to write like a period piece or in another foreign country. Cause I don't, I don't know. That's a good point. I think that's something that, um, writers sometimes get too caught up in their, in their research, like for, for period pieces and stuff yeah. like that. Like I got to include this teal tale. It's right. great. But then it, then it becomes too um uh almost too formulaic Mm -hmm. so i think a good way just exactly what you described you throw away the notes you just infuse yourself in the in the period in the research you know it unconsciously just let the writing go yeah and it'll it'll come out i would like to point out that when it comes to journalism i always refer to my notes after the fact oh of course but there's something very freeing in like just saying like i know this yeah, like I'm just going to tell it. You're writing from some period, and you're like, he answered the phone, and you check your notes. Oh, the phone wasn't invented yet. Yeah. Oh. I'll have to change that. He answered the telegram. Whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right. I guess that's it for this one. Yep. Cool.